Oh, it's lit. <laughs> we prime time. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and share. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off a of steal. Gresky for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids, Price and Doherty. Bell in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D-Train, yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D-Train, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Uh, 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 D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. That was really good. You feel me? You know, happy B Day to the boy D Trent. You feel me? Born Day Edition. You know what I'm saying? Fresh on a Monday. You know, it's, it's, it's 37 times around the sun I've been here. You know, Probably close to a 38 for real, but we ain't going to even get into the semantics, all right? But for everybody to tune in and everybody see it, and I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate people showing me love, tuning into the page, man. It's only going to get bigger and better, you know what I'm saying? Oh, B-Day edition, Margarita. Gracias, mamacita. You see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm talking about? You feel me? This 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 is what we into. Alright, this is this is with the game on. Right? Hold on, let me let me let me get my share on. You feel me? Like, share, follow. You you know how this shit go. You feel me? I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate uh, people showing me, bro. You know that feedback game be crucial. Alright. Um but yeah though, man, you know, it was a very, 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 very interesting uh day in sports. Um well, I should say weekend of sports, man, not just dance sports. It was an interesting weekend of sports, man. It was a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, why the fuck is this not letting me share, though? What are, what, are, what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. Yeah, man, you had football playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Definitely had some basketball going on. Um, you know, it is it, – it, it's – Listen, these football playoffs was out fucking standing, all right? Now, I personally didn't get to watch the total play-by-play and everything with everything that was going on. Um, You know, I was working, you feel me? So I got to, you know, catch the highlights. Um, what What are we doing right now? Thank you. So why are you not letting me share, though? Why are you acting so crazy? Um, I'm gonna have to go to my other joint, man. Y'all gotta excuse me, man. You feel me? You're acting retarded. You feel me? I don't got no time for that retarded acting. You know how the technology get, man. Um, so Sunday, Sunday was a, a very good day. Um, uh, arguably, a lot of people call it arguably the best. Um. 
football playoff game in history with these uh Chiefs and uh Bills. Um you know, if you go to any of my recap, man, I think I said something about this possibly being uh you know, a shootout. I believe I said something about that. Um and look where we at, man. You know, it it was a very, very entertaining game. Um it was it was you know the last two minutes of the game. Now, I did did I get to see the last two minutes of the game? I watched the last two minutes of the game, but I didn't watch it live. Um, but I went back and watched uh what I could on the replay side. Um you know, and I expected Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen to really show up, all right? I expected Joe Burrow to show up. I expected Aaron Rodgers to show up. And I expected Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady to be extremely interesting, okay? Um, I said the Bengals will win by three. I think I got to go. You know what? Holy man, you get a chance, man. You could pull up uh, a part of that last show when I did the predictions. Because I want to say, I want to say I was going to go with the Bills and I go with the Chiefs. I did say it was going to end up like 41 38 though in overtime. So I was close to right about that. I said the Bengals would be. Um, uh, the Titans by three. I thought they would score a lot more points, but you know it was what it was. Um, the Bucks and Rams game. I seen a little bit of that game. I def I I watched the end of that game. The end, the last uh like I think I watched like the last ten minutes of that game. But that fourth quarter, that that was crazy. Uh, but. You know, let's start with Joe Burrow, all right? Now, you know I'm calling this Final Four the Browns dropping the ball bowls, okay? Because every last one of these teams that's in the championship right now has an element that's, an indict that's a potential indictment on the Cleveland Browns franchise. What do I mean? Cincinnati is in the conference championship game. The Browns beat Cincinnati twice this year. The Browns picked their first quarterback number one overall two years before Cincinnati picked theirs. Same division, same state, same creator. Virtually. All right? But the Browns are at home, and the Bengals are in the AFC Championship. And how did they get there? All right? So the Titans come in. You know, they coming off the bye, number one seed in the AFC. Derrick Henry just got activated that Friday before the game. Okay? And you really think, that the Titans about to come out and do something. Now, that Titan defense 
that Titan defense was on Joe Burrow ass. Okay, he they was on Burrow. You hear me? He he ain't know what to do. So the Titan defense played outstanding. They played well enough to win the game. By the time we got to the second half, the game should have been out of reach. It should have been out of reach, but it wasn't, all right? It was a field goal fest, you know, mix and score, uh, the, the only touchdown for the Bengals. Um, I think mix and score first, and then they did field goals the rest of the game to win. Tennessee started off with field goals, scored a touchdown late. The biggest issue about why Tennessee lost was the quarterback play. Um, you know, one could argue that maybe the play calling wasn't and the personnel usage by the Tennessee offensive uh, per, uh, staff was not really that, you know, smart, if I want to say. Um, you know, it. you could argue they overused Derrick Henry and underused the guys that helped them get there. Um, A.J. Brown had a killer day. Julio Jones even stepped in. But Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. And if I'm mistaken, he threw an interception on their first play of the game. One touchdown, three interceptions, 220 yards, 15 for 24. So had he not threw those three interceptions, he would have been 18 for 24 and possibly more touchdowns. It's crazy. Um, Joe Burrow was 28 for 37 for 348 in the interception. All right. But Joe Burrow found a way to get Chase the ball. Chase played out his fucking mind. Five receptions, 109 yards. T. Higgins, seven receptions, 96 yards. You know, uh, Yazoma, the tight end, seven receptions, 71 yards. Mixing that six catches out the backfield. You know, to go with his 14 carries and 54 yards. So, like, like, you know, Zach Taylor was over there using every weapon he had, which is what an offense is supposed to do. You're supposed to use all your weapons. You're supposed to have packages of plays that go specifically to that playmaker. And then you're supposed to have packages of plays to where you can capitalize on the defense, focusing on one playmaker and using him to open up for the other playmaker. Right? This is shit that you should be – that should just come with your playbook. You know what I'm saying? It should just be part of your playbook. Um, But Tennessee – Unfortunately, dropped the ball. Uh, you know, Cincinnati was able to drive late, hold the ball, kick a field goal to win it. Um, and, you know, Tennessee is one and done in the playoffs. Um, so now they're left with the question, do they really have a quarterback? Uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to answer a lot of questions. Ironically. Just a year ago or two ago, two seasons ago, it was Tennessee and Cleveland 
who are supposed to be the ones that's that's gonna challenge the uh uh the Chiefs and the Surgeon Bills and and the Baltimore Ravens. Just just give them a little while. Just say this: the Cleveland dropped the ball. Balls going on. All right. Joe Burrow and gang did enough. Uh, that that Cincinnati defense did enough. Um, I was listening to XM Radio, and I was hearing an interview with a uh, former Steelers cornerback, uh, now Bengals cornerback, Mike Hilton. And he was just speaking about how there are certain guys, certain quarterbacks you win because of, and there are certain quarterbacks you win with. And when you got quarterbacks that, you know, win because of, everybody knows those guys. And those are the guys guys want to go play for. They want to go play with. You know what I'm saying? Just to give those a perspective of what an MVP quarterback looks like. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Mm-hmm. So, now these Saturday games. Bengals play first. Then the 49ers played the Packers. Okay? And it's crazy because when I did my predictions on this game, I said that if the Packers allow that 49er defense to dictate the game, it could be a very low-scoring affair. I, I believe I said it might get to like 20 points or some something around that effect. They might not score over 20. I did think that in the second half, Aaron Rodgers would take off and just put the game out of reach. But that never happened in this game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo did absolutely nothing. Um, but Debo Samuel is an animal. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's play calling is amazing. And D'Amico Ryan's running that defense was probably the underrated promotion of the whole NFL season. This San Francisco defense held Aaron Rodgers to 225 yards passing and no passing touchdowns. Okay? Aaron Jones had more, more, way more yards than everybody, okay? He had 129 rushing yards. Plus he had, you know what I'm saying, 12, well, he had 12 carries for 41 yards. But he had about 160 yards, 170 yards off 21 touches. All right. Devontae Adams had nine receptions for 90 yards. All right. Nobody else was a factor in the game. Nobody else. Nobody else was a factor in the game. Okay? Not not one motherfucking person. All right? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, y'all. Hold on right quick. You know. Hola. Appreciate that, Charles. Industry sports, man. You feel me? It goes on. It's real. It's live. So anyway. As I was saying, outside of Aaron Jones and uh, Devontae Adams, nobody else contributed. Not Cobb, 
Not Lewis. AJ Dillon had seven carries for 25 yards. Uh, St. Brown was not a factor. Aaron Lazar was not a factor. Green Bay is 40, I rest $44 million over the cap, and they still got to figure out how to re sign Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. You talking about an interesting offseason and things to watch out for. Boy, this is about to be crazy, okay? The 49ers, though, you know, you know what this 49ers win says? That Kyle Shanahan is a hell of a coach. This is he's a hell of a coach. Like he is remarkable at the type of of how he can pull everything out of his team to a winning effort. Remember, they was just in a Super Bowl a couple years. Was it, yeah, they was just in the Super Bowl. Yeah, a couple years ago. It went that long ago. Now, did they not? Did they? Now, they definitely. Um, damn, I lost my motherfucking train of thought. Oh, they drafted a quarterback. They drafted the quarterback. They don't know if they're going to keep their quarterback. All right. Man, hold on. Hold on, 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 hold on. Can't even do it. I can't even concentrate. All right? This is crazy. But anyway, not Cincinnati. The 49ers look like they were about to go in straight rebuild mode. Period. All right? They like they was just about to, it was just about to be over. They was another year away from contending. Wooty, wooty, wah. But for somehow, some reason, nobody in the NFC outside of the top guys performed the way they were supposed to perform. Nobody. Nobody. Arizona didn't live up to their standard the way they were supposed to. Carolina didn't do whatever they was going to do. Nobody lived up. Like, like, Washington didn't perform. The Giants didn't even half-ass improve. Like, the Falcons totally just ended up. Then um, the Saints. The Saints had so much crazy turmoil. Whatever the case, though, all of this shit then opened up the window for the 49ers to get their ass in the playoffs. Seattle drastically underperformed, all right? And Kyle Shanahan has took the talent he has, coached it up, and he's made the fucking most out of what he has, all right? I'm definitely arguing right now that Kyle Shanahan probably should be coach of the year for getting that team to the conference championship in a loaded-ass NFC, all right? Maybe it was the luck of the draw. But as you know, as my boy Jalen Jalen Rose says, luck is when hard work meets opportunity. All right, 49ers got their opportunity. They went into Lambeau Field 
They held Aaron Rodgers to 10 fucking points. And they taking their ass to the conference. But why is San Francisco significant? And why is the Packers significant per se? Because a lot of people think Aaron Rodgers going to come to the Browns. That's another conversation for another day. All right. But also, Kyle Shanahan was just a Browns coach. Just like five seasons ago. Was that five? Baker got drafted in what, 18? So Kyle Shanahan left in 16? This is six, six seasons, five, six seasons ago. I, I think it was 16. Was it the year we got Miles? We got Miles in 17. So we got Baker in 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Kyle Shanahan was here. Kyle Shanahan was working under, it wasn't Hugh. Uh, was that the Patton years? Mike Patton? Whatever the case, though, Kyle Shanahan should have got promoted to the head coach. The way that he coached the offense that year, they was very, very good. Like that Browns offense was extremely raw. All right. They was they was they was fire fire. You feel me? Um, but they didn't keep him. He went to Atlanta. When he went to Atlanta, Mac said he wasn't signing, he went to Atlanta. And that's when the whole Browns rebuild started over. That's when we had Whitner and them and all that. That's when it all started over. So he goes to Atlanta, makes a name for himself, gets hired in San Francisco, and now two of his three years as a head coach. I think it's three. It might be four. So let's see the 66% of the years he's been in there or it's at least 50% of the years that he's been the head coach of the 49ers, they've contended for a title. He don't got not one outside of that defensive line and that linebacker Fred Warner. You know, he don't got no stars on that team. He got Trent Williams. But he don't got no stars on that team. No stars on that team. And he is contending for titles. So I'm just saying, like, you know, sometimes ownership has to let the coaches be the coaches. They have to actually let them do their job so they can achieve maximum success. You have to back your coaches and let your coaches be the head guys so no players think that they can go over their head. You know, respecting the level of hierarchy it's very important in any business situation, especially any professional situation. You have to know who's who, where's where, and where the boundary lines are drawn. And having John Lynch over there as the GM, you know what I'm saying, Kyle Shanahan over there, and, you know, uh, Lynch, if I'm mistaken, Lynch played in Denver in the back half of his career. Was it the beginning? I know he, he did it at some point. At some point. Um, so wait, uh, what? 
Yeah. Yeah. Shannon. At some point, I remember John Lynch playing with the Broncos. Was it, did he start off with the Broncos playing with Ann Water? Or did he go there at the back half of his career? Um, Whatever the case, though, I know he has some type of history with Mike Shanahan, who was Kyle Shanahan's father. Uh, and I think the fact that he has that history and knowing what type of tutelage he comes from is why he was so comfortable and adamant about not only getting Kyle Shanahan, but letting him do what he wants to do. Um, they've had a great working relationship, you know, and, you know, they should be, you know, kind of symbolized as an example. Like when you let your coach do the coaching, whether you know, you know, if he can do it or not, you know what I'm saying? This is how we get to, you know, achieve what we get to achieve. But anyway, so we got half the AFC going on, half, half the championship considered, I mean, determined on Saturday. You got the Bengals upset at what they said was upset was the Titans. And then you definitely got the Niners upsetting um, the Packers. But the real Raw games was on Sunday. All right. The Rams game was good as fuck. Um, and you know why it was good as fuck? Because Tom Brady got to go out like Tom Brady. And Matthew Stafford got to prove that he was undervalued and underutilized in Detroit. This is basically what happened, all right? Why do I say that? The Rams didn't beat the damn Bucks down there every time they didn't play them since they had uh, Tom Brady. So it wasn't out of the round that they could probably lose this game. It's, most people, it was more than likely. But Tom Brady got such a fucking reputation. 20 years of football, you earn this type of respect. So with 10 plus minutes left, the Rams are up 27 to 13 with the ball in the fourth quarter. And for eight minutes, all the Rams did was run the ball, run the ball, Run the ball. They did the shit that we get mad at Kevin Stefanski for doing with Baker Mayfield. You let him do all this shit during the game, and then when it really matters, now you don't want to let him do shit. You want to put it all on the running back. Like everybody don't know what you're about to do. It went from 27 to 13 to 27 to 27 with like, 40 seconds left in the game? How did we get here? Because conservative play calling gave Tom Brady too many chances to march down the field. And when they first fucked up, they, they did it, they punted. Then Tampa Bay gave L.A. the ball back. L.A. conservatively ran it, gave Tom the ball back again with like seven minutes, five minutes left, like five minutes left. Tom comes the fuck back down and five plays and scores with motherfucking um, Mike Evans on some raw shit. Then L.A. get the ball back, running the ball on the third run. Cam Anchors fumbles the fucking ball, all right? I think uh, JPP recovered it. Now, they on, like, um, L.A. 40. You feel me? It's like 
a little over two minutes left, maybe like 2.15 left in the game at this point. So then, <sighs> Tom Brady comes down. They get a spike play. He hit break for a first down. He hit Mike Evans. Now, he almost threw a pick. If Jalen Ramsey was looking for the interception when Mike Evans fell on that sideline, that was a pick six. Nobody was catching Jalen, bro. He nobody was catching him. If he if if he would have looked to pick the ball, if he'd even just put his hands together, bro, that's a pick six and game over. But they gave Tom too many chances. They got to a fourth and one, a fourth and like inches on like the eight. And they thought Tom was gonna QB sneak it. And they showed QB sneak and he gave it off tackle to Leonard Fournette. And I mean, if you know anything about football, bro. Leonard Fournette almost, I mean, he ain't Marshawn Lynch, but he a big boy that's really strong, and him on the edge one-on-one with any defender to score a touchdown nine times a ten, he's going to win. So now what I did miss in there is I think the, the insulin drive right after, no, the drive before. The drive proceeding um, when Tom and them first got the ball back. Um, LA's kicker, Will Gray, he uh, Will Gay, he missed a 47-yard field goal. Now, he's been perfect, and I think he's won Buku games for him or something like shit off the field goal. The last three or something like that. But he missed the 47-yarder. That would have made it 30 to 20. That would have made it 30 to 13. You know what I'm saying? So now, here we are with like 40 seconds left, 45, maybe 51 seconds left in the damn game. And it's 27-27. So the Rams get the ball, all right? And this shit was so funny. The first, the first play, they they gonna run the ball, all right, or I think they try to do a little pass. Whatever the case, though, it was a bullshit ass call. The second play, though, yeah, it was a run. Do I know it was a run? They ran Cav Acres. He got like five, six yards, and then they uh, and then they called the timeout because they only had two timeouts left. So then um. When uh when they come out on the second, I think they got a penalty. Pushed them back. So it ended up being like second and 10, second and 11. So mind you, at this point, it's literally like 40-something seconds left. Like 41 seconds left. They motion cam out. They going uh, empty backfield, shotgun. Stafford get the ball. Boom. You see with the Hezo. And then you see, and it's so crazy how you just how you know a quarterback good when he throw a pass that looked like a stupid ass fucked up pass, and that bitch end up being the perfectest pass he could have threw because Cooper Cup showed why he the best receiver in the league, bro. On this slot play, he lined up on the left in the slot. He hit the corner with a little hezo coming off the line. Then he went on this route like he was about to do like a like a, a post. He hit him with a little step. And then went left. 
do fail. Matthew Stafford, though, and this is what having a good quarterback does for your offense, all right? So when Matthew Stafford seen Cooper about to make the move, he already threw the ball. The defender hadn't even failed yet. That's what makes it so crazy. All right, and he got the defense bearing down on him. He throw the pass right over the middle. Nice little 12, 15-yard pass. Cooper Cup gets it wide open, like on the left in the middle on the hash, and then gets out of bounds. It's like 28 seconds left, right? All right, they come very next play. Uh, Tampa Bay decides they're going to blitz him from the slot. All right, Cooper Cup is in the slot. Why would you leave him one-on-one with a safety? Matthew Stafford reads it, all right? Um, so he blitz. Cup, soon as Cup get close to the safety. Cooper Cup wasn't even at the safety yet. When he got close to the safety, Matthew Stafford took a couple steps back just to give him an extra second, launched that bitch down the middle of the field, all right? Now Cooper Cup then caught that bitch. At like the 15, he done got taken down at like 11 or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Or he caught like the 18, got taken down like the 11 or some shit. The shit was so crazy. Matthew Stafford already, this is how you know, bro, you got trust. Because Matthew Stafford was running down the field after he threw, as soon as he got up, he started running. Come on, come on, line the ball up. Woody, woody, wah, woody, woody, wah. Get it, spiked it with three seconds left and give his kicker a chance to come in and redeem himself and win the game, all right? So the L.A. Rams win 30-27. to 27. Tom Brady, which probably was could possibly have been Tom Brady's last game, he goes out, and instead of losing to Aaron Rodgers, he loses to Matthew Stafford. <laughs> uh, the stats from that game was pretty crazy, though. Uh, very much impressive. Matthew Stafford, 28 for 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, wasn't much in the rounding game. Cam Akers, 24 touches for 48 yards. Cooper Cup had nine receptions for 183 yards. Odell Beckham had six receptions for 69 yards. Tyler Higby had four receptions for 51 yards. Uh, Van Jefferson had a couple catches. Akers had a couple catches. You know, Michelle had a couple catches. I mean, he went to seven different receivers, you know. Um, the the L.A. defense really got after Tom Brady. You know, they hit him. They messed him up. Tom Brady ended up throwing 55 times, complete uh, 54 times, completing 30, uh, throwing for 329 with one-on-one with a sack, I mean, with an interception and a, a touchdown. Leonard Fournette had 13 carries for 51 yards, but he had two touchdowns. Mike Evans went for eight, uh, had eight receptions for 119 and a touchdown. Gronkowski had four receptions for 85. Fournette had nine receptions for 51. Scotty Miller even got in the mix. Uh, Scotty Miller got in the mix with four receptions for 38 yards. You know, it was just really, really real. Um, you know, but we've seen maybe the last of Tom Brady, you know. Um, I'll do Tom Brady on his own segment. However, though, it was nice to see Tom, you know, lead some comeback drives, uh, do his cliche Tom Brady thing. Um, and it was still nice to see Matthew Stafford advance. Um, you know, so that was the first game on Sunday.
Was it the first game? Yes, it definitely was the first game. The second game, which probably the game everybody liked, was the Bills and the Chiefs. Now, understand, I didn't see this game. I want to say, like I said, I seen the last two minutes on replay. Um, but 25 points in two minutes. I'm back. A, what what a, game you talking game. about? I just came and heard Chief, you. Heard. Chiefs and uh, Chiefs and uh, Bills. Oh, that shit was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the whole game. I ain't get. And I, I went it. to the job spot, and shit, it was going off. When you know, I was watching it on the phone too. Once I um, left out the house, it was going whole game, fire. That's one that you got to go back and watch the whole game, bro. Even though you know the outcome, that's one you got to go back and watch the whole damn game because it was fire. That shit was amazing. It was like mad. <laughs> it was like playing Madden, bro. Man, I mean, your thing, though. I'm back in the cut. No, you good. You good. You find some good insight. You feel me? We back need the that. Cut. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was back I, him up. Josh yeah. Allen went 27 for 37, 329, four touchdowns, 11 carries for 68 yards. Never single Terry had 10, 10 carries for 26 yards. Gabriel Davis went for eight catches, 201 yards, four touchdowns. Cole Beasley had six. Five of those catches were so crucial. I think they was all for first downs. Um, Devin Singletary caught some passes out. I mean, the Bills defense played pretty fucking good. I, I still get paid if the Niners or the Bengals win. I give me a nice little check. Oh, yeah. Get a nice little check. Bills okay. out. But if the Bengals win, that's, yeah. Nice little check for them bangles. Nice little check. Nice little check for them bangles. You know, I bet on the bangles to win it all and the Niners to win it all. And the Bills. So, bills I guess, who the Bills? Yeah. Man, that shit was crazy, bro. Oh, man. I that shit hurt my heart. <laughs> oh, I picked it. I, I picked it. I, I was screaming I was, like, it's crazy how I pick the Bills and Browns to be in the conference, and it's the Chiefs and Bengals. Listen, man. And it's you just see so who cool. popped up in my um, timeline the other day about who who I wanted to draft, the best quarterbacks I think oh, coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, you seen who was on there? I listen. I knew listen. he was a dog, man. For I those who don't know. This is how, you know, I'm one of those people that people don't listen to off top. When I tell them some stuff, I'm so left field with it. I sound so outrageous. And then the shit happens. And then people be like, how did you know that? And, you know that, baby? And, you know... I said when that draft was coming, I said Lamar and Josh Allen was the best two quarterbacks in the draft. People ridiculed me. They said I didn't know what I was talking about. Here we are going into year five since they've been drafted. 
Josh Allen then got a mega deal. Lamar Lamar Jackson got an MVP. All right. And then shout out Hugh Jackson. Let's show Hugh Jackson some love. For all those people who said Hugh don't know what he's talking about. Or Hugh was such a piss poor coach. And they don't consider the fact that he was given probably the worst roster that the Browns ever had coming back since they came back. They took everything. Hugh Jackson wanted to draft Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. He was denied by three straight GMs. Look at that. By three straight GMs, quarterbacks. And all these quarterbacks are upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So who was the dumb? Was it really Hugh Jackson? Or should people have listened to Hugh Jackson and let him do his fucking job? I go back to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, they ain't let let Hugh do his thing. Watch how he turned around Grambling State. I love that he over there. Watch. Watch. All right? He ain't going to be trying to get him back to the NFL. He going to be good where he at. He going to get good money down there. You seen that post I just had on the screen? Yeah, with Lamar and Josh from your Twitter four years ago. Yeah, man. So understand, people be knowing what they be talking about. But the Bills and the Chiefs game was the most talked about game of the whole weekend, arguably of the whole season. Um, Both of these guys showed. And, you know, when your quarterback puts on a performance like that, even the losing effort, this is where you back your quarterback and you salute your quarterback. We're not mad, and I'm pretty sure no Bills fan is mad at nobody at the team. Nobody on the team. The Bills play outstanding ball. They play it as well as they're going to play, man. All right? It's the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. That just speaks for itself, bro. Arguably the best quarterback in the league. Arguably the best tight end in the league. Top three receiver in the league. Definitely the fastest receiver in the league and the hardest to tackle and open field. If you've seen the touchdown he had yesterday in the clutch, when he took off on the whole team out of nowhere, you just understand that when you have nice weapons, your quarterback can play free. Um, so as I said, AFC Championship, Chiefs versus Bengals, NFC Championship, 49ers versus Rams. Um, you know, the Rams want to play at home for the Super Bowl. How would it be that two years in a row, the home team of the Super Bowl gets to represent their city in the Super Bowl? Man, it's, it's time for a lot of firsts, you know, but a lot of teams going to have to do a lot of soul searching this offseason because uh, it just did not go well for a lot of teams. Uh, it'll be a lot of quarterback shuffling. Um, and I guess since we on football, 
I can talk about my Browns. Uh, I failed to mention the uh, the correlation in the Browns dropping the ball um, with the Rams and Chiefs. Um, I mean, with with the with the Rams, the Bucks not really too much correlation. With the exception of Bruce Arians was once our offensive coordinator, and now he's the Super Bowl winning, been to the Super Bowl three times or at least twice. I think three times since he left. Anyway, um, but the Rams got OBJ. If everybody said OBJ wasn't washed up, was washed up, OBJ is not going to play in his first conference championship game. What blows me is there was a link posted, a video posted, OBJ kicking it with the other Rams players in the locker room after the win. And everybody's just in the thread trying to just virtually thrash OBJ. Oh, he doing this, he ain't doing that. And I'm like, bro, why shouldn't he be mad? Why shouldn't he be happy? Why can't he celebrate with his teammates after they just won against the arguable GOAT and his stacked team to go for a chance to play to go to the Super Bowl? He sent them home, they kept moving on. He had six catches for 69 yards. He had no drops. He did his job. When his number was called, he did what he was supposed to do. Y'all act like OBJ called the motherfucking plays. He's just a receiver. He just does his job. But the Browns dropped the ball on that, too. And the Bills and the Chiefs is interesting because one of those teams ain't supposed to be here. The Browns supposed to be here. I guess one of the teams ain't there. Now the Chiefs there. And the Browns damn near mollywop the Chiefs. So, you know, segueing into these Browns, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? All right. There's a lot of interesting scenarios the Browns could possibly trade Baker, which I think is highly, I think it's unlikely they trade Baker because it's hard to trade an injured quarterback, especially one that underperforms. I think because of the way San Francisco has succeeded, uh, that gives the Browns more reassurance to just let Baker play his contract out and come back healthy. However, between his play, the way they went about it, and not letting Case Keenum play, and then knowing that it's a possibility that he may not, Baker may not be ready for game one of the season. That does leave in question who was the backup quarterback. Now, you hear some people say Case could be traded. I mean, or Case could be let go. Um, you know, I think it is a very, 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 very likely chance that the Browns draft a quarterback. One that they can develop. Um, by right, a quarterback that they choosing should be in the second round on day two. And they should be able to make a move there. Um, but I fully expect the Browns to 
not only bring in a veteran receiver, I also expected them to draft a receiver. Um, as far as the defensive tackle, I think they will probably try to bring in a guy or uh, probably try to bring in a veteran guy who's a dominant run stuffer. Um, I fully expect Jadavian Clowney to be resigned unless he's asking for $100 million. But if Jadavian is just looking for money per year, I think Jadavian in this defense is worth $15 million a year. That's the five you paying Malik, the four you paying Tack, you paying Anthony Walker eight. I don't think you're going to necessarily bring Anthony Walker back because he's probably going to want something long term versus a one year deal. There's your money right there. I right think we, I think we bringing him back after hearing you know um what's the name talk? Who? Um, Andrew Barry. 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 After hearing Andrew Barry talk, he like shit. Basically, said he did what we wanted him to do. You feel me? And shit. Okay. Yeah, he, he wait, 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 wait. Give me two seconds. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo, yo. Need some more tobacco. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, Jadavian. Now, see, you know, a lot of people, especially in Browns, uh, uh, you know, in Browns world, um, you know, they're so hung up on. It's got to be one or the other. Like, like they don't know middle ground. Um, this is a two-year regime who inherited the base of their culture. And they just build it on what was here. Ooh, excuse me. For a franchise who lacked a lot of culture. Winning culture. And a discipline and, and winning attitude. Um, not, nothing happens overnight. Uh, on top of that, this regime has, you know, dealt their first two years under COVID situations. This year was the first year that this regime had a whole offseason to work with their players leading into the season. Um, I say that to say, I don't see no significant changes coming to the coaching staff or front office unless somebody gets a better position somewhere else. It won't be because of fire. With the exception of the special teams coach. The one thing Browns always had if they didn't have nothing else was a special team. At least a return game. And our special teams has sucked over the last, like, four or five years. Ironically, over those four or five years, Mike Pfeiffer has been the special teams coach every year. It's safe to say that you need to either specifically draft him some talent or get a new coach at that position. This is where I'm at with, right? I... When it comes to Jadavia, 
it'll be in the Browns' best interest to bring him back because it's somebody Miles Garrett wants. Denzel Ward is going to get his money. This is where guys like Ronnie Harrison, Anthony Walker, Malik Jackson, now Malik McDowell, um, Tack McKinley. And I think Tack McKinley may come back on an incentive deal just because of how he lost his season last year. Uh, they may even be able to work something out. That I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if in some special arrangements got worked out for Tack to come back. Um, but they're going to have to bring Jadavian back because him and Miles are a great pair, and you can build around that. You know, on that defensive line, still having Tommy Tobia, Jordan Elliott, they could possibly bring a Sheldon Day and, and lock him in because he plays really good. Um, you know, Joe Jackson down there, that's a guy that probably could, you know, get better. Uh, Bruh, something just happened to your mic. I can't hear you. Like you real low. Hello? Yo. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? I don't, I don't know what just happened. I hear you, yo, but yo, it's yo. real loud. Can you hear me? I hear you, but it's hello, extra hello. Low. Can you hear me? Now I hear you. You can hear me now? It just went back low. Do I sound low? Because you sound low. All right, yo, yo. All right, you sound all right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, you can get just you can get a good run stop and defensive tackle to come play in between miles and Uh They probably want to get to get a medium. I think the type of nose tackle or defensive tackle that you need is a guy who can play in the three and four technique. A guy who could play the defensive tackle in the three four and still play D tackle one in a four three. Uh that is the type of guy they need. A needy guy who's gonna automatically soak up two blocks as soon as he comes off the board. Um that is gonna definitely allow them to have more versatility um, with Miles and Damien. I think too, uh because of resigning Jadavian in a different ways, you can use him as a run stopper uh, first. Yeah, it's damn, uh, yeah, so I really can't hear you because you don't really need Anthony Walker. You can kind of draft him <coughs> because you got Jacob Phillips, uh, Jeremiah Lucy, Cornwall, and uh, probably Sion Tommy which you could do a lot worse. Um, uh, you know, if they advance the defense like I think they should, then you'll see Miles and Jadavian playing a little linebacker on certain which is a scheme just good. Um, yeah, I really can't hear you, cuz. Huh? I said, yeah, I really can't hear you. I don't know what happened. 
But just got muffled so up and it's going robot. Yeah, it's going robot. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably wrap this up. All right. So look, unfortunately, you know, first of all, I appreciate everybody who tuned in, everybody who watches or you know, just tuned in for a couple minutes, man. You know, who gives feedback, it's all appreciated. You know what I'm saying? It's still going, it's still going. So, you know, at some point, you know, we gonna be on the way up. But for right now, you gotta appreciate those who come in and show support on the platform. Uh, you know, for God birthday, you know, feel free to chime in, you know, send some support, some love or something. It's all welcome. But make sure you follow the industry in the street sports.com sports page where you can get the articles, you know what I'm saying, updates on, you know, what we're going over and what we cover. Uh, make sure you follow us on all social medias, the YouTube page, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I want everybody to be safe and stay dangerous. It's always, always much love when it comes from this way. Degrees of D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk. I'm going to switch my hat show. D-Trent. Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. You know what I'm saying? Peace and love. Y'all be easy. We'll catch y'all on the backspin.